What a week for foul territory. Ron Krasinski, Kratz. Jose Trevino, catcher of the Yankees, coming up in 20 minutes. Yes, please. Ken Rosenthal, who broke that big story about the scandal, if you could call it that, with Judge Peking and most likely looking at the first base coach who was grabbing tips from uh, Jay Jackson. Dan Kaplan and Mike Tampolini, who are part of the Mariners organization. And um, I have an announcement, too, before we begin. It's not a personal announcement. Oh, it's a team announcement. Say. AJ was backing up. I was like, like wait a second. Are you moving? <laughs> <laughs> There's a no. lot of things going yes, through my head. I'm moving. I'm moving. Many Fridays coming up this season to the Borgata in Atlantic City. Kratzy's going to be there. Todd Father tomorrow, hitting that late night flight tonight to AC. Can't wait. We will do the show live from the sportsbook at the Borgata. Speaking of everybody getting tips. have the invite. Speaking of everybody getting tips, everybody getting tipsy. Scotty's coming to AC. (laughs) Hell yeah, baby. I cannot wait. So make room. AJ, you're invited anytime. Mm -hmm. See? Work a Friday for once. Atlantic City's Atlantic City's in New Jersey. You're not invited. Good point. Yeah. I've been to Atlantic City before and then I left. Jersey's pissed at you. So we will be live on location. So if anyone is in the tri-state area and wants to swing by, come on out. We're game. Come Pick say hello. Up. Some of the days we'll hang out and watch some games, eat some food. So Can I run on your PJ? Yeah, you don't want to know the name of my PJ. I don't even want to name the airline that I'm going on. (laughs) Okay, they do not deserve it. Let's just put it that. Do not say their name. Anyway. I'm at a Delta. I love Delta. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it's not Delta. Okay. I love you, Delta. AJ is verified on Instagram now. So if you're on IG and someone's dropping in your DMs, or sliding or commenting. Careful what you wish for. And they say Pierzynski, but there's no blue check mark. It's not AJ. Okay. Yes. That's not important. the real AJ. No more fake AJs. There's a lot out there. Is there? Are there? There was. There used yeah, to be. Because you didn't have socials. This is the problem. When you don't control your own narrative, someone else tries to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Mike now. <laughs> yeah. Now, guess what? I control that shit. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. So watch out, world. Hell yeah. I want to kick you off. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Also, at the Borgata, we'll have merch in case you don't want to order it online, but you should. Um, FoulTerritoryShop.com. Oh, are you going to have like a little stand set up? I'm not in charge of that That would be badass. If you had like a little, like a concert, you had like a little tent, and you had someone standing there with shirts hanging on the wall and hats. We might. That would be awesome. I'll find out. I'll take a picture of what our setup is for you. Okay. Shirts. I probably won't be watching. Hats. Yes, you will. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be golfing. You know who's coming on tomorrow? No. Alex Bregman. Okay. Aaron Nola. Okay. And more. Okay. Give you a couple a good couple teasers. Are they gonna be at the Borgata? No, they play baseball every day. Where are the Phillies? The Phillies are at home, right? They're just you getting think? home, but Nola has a charity event tomorrow, so oh. or today. Charity or charity foul territory. Event. Charity or foul territory. Charity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get to Jose Trevino, let's charge the damn mound, please. What a night, really. We had three walk-offs, two games decided by a team final, team's final at bat. So I would say the one that stood out the most, and I think we should give them love, is what the Astros did. They swept up the Cubs. They've won seven of eight. They were down 6-1 in the bottom of the eighth inning. 
and Jake Myers hit a two-run dinger, and then Kyle Tucker with a two-run single, and they win it. And Kyle Tucker off a of lefty. Sometimes they're like, oh, Jordan and, and Tucker just put lefties mm-hmm. up. Yeah, g- good luck. They actually hit him better, especially Tucker. Tucker hits him better. Is, are his splits currently? They, they, they have been for his career. I don't know. I don't know. But the last few years, he's been better against lefties. And Alvarez, we, everyone remembers the home run he hit off uh, Alvarado. Ray. And Alvarado in the World Series. What about Robbie Ray? Robbie Ray. But then the one he hit in the World Series to win the World Series was huge, too. So, yeah, don't don't be bringing that lefty junk in. Tucker, Tucker, my Tucker. vote for most underrated player in the game. Okay, Most Here. underrated. Yes, he's, no one talks about him. Because no of Bregman, Altuve. Ramirez. He gets a little more love. Yeah, but he gets MVP okay. votes. Okay. I think Tucker should get more than he does. But RBIs aren't a thing, so people don't vote <laughs> Don't vote for RBIs. But How about gold gloves in right field and stolen right. bases? Like, homers. He's, he's everything. My, my, and he doesn't wear batting gloves, which is badass, too. <laughs> that is badass. But the question is, is we're talking about Houston. What about the Cubs' bullpen last night? David Ross and the, the Cubby Bears there are taking – they're starting to take on some water. Remember they were really good, and then the last the, – the bullpen has kind of sunk them a little bit for, for about a week now. The Cubs are not good. But two weeks ago we were thinking because yeah. the Cardinals were so bad, maybe they got a chance to sneak in, but don't we? now it's kind of like – Don't we? I never said that. I always thought they were going to be a 500-ish, and that's the, that's the cap. They're 12-7 and seven to start the year. Since then – Seven and seventeen. See, there you go. There's so much they are who we thought they were this year, and it <laughs> happens fast. Sometimes it takes uh, like half a season for teams to calm down. But so many of the clubs that people got a little bit excited about have already shown who they really are, and the Cubs are definitely in that category. It's been all over the Pirates. I'm definitely putting the Cardinals in that category on the reverse end, right? They win again. They beat Burns and, and company yesterday. So. Kratzy, this is where people get excited early in the season and then water levels out and the Houston Astros have already had their ups and downs, but they're up again and they're 24 and 19 and they're just fine, even though they're not even close to full strength, but also a little added bonus. We might have Bregman on tomorrow to tell us about his buddy Jose Altuve back on the field. It could be tomorrow. Yeah. That's exciting for them, but I I was I wanted the Cubs to do good. I wanted, you know, a group that was like some not older veterans. Like I don't I don't even feel like they're old, but you you get a guys like Tyon and Stroman and Bellinger and you know, Jan Gomes is still productive behind the plate. You have Hosmer at first, like guys that have done some things. Now are they going to return to MVP caliber? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I kind of like them in the NL Central to like eh, kind of push kind of push those teams. Still not making the playoffs, but I didn't I didn't like them going 7 and what would you say 19, 7 and 17 after a 12 and 7 start. Like I feel like that was a team that if you're looking at a 500 team when we talked about them, you're like, okay, they could go that way. Well, they they went the opposite way. Why, why did you want them? Just because they have veterans on their team, so you want them to be good? No, just because there's a lot of guys on that team that I'm like, if if they're hanging around three games back in August and September, I think that's what we talked about, I'd like to see that team push it because I think Chicago baseball makes the Central relevant. The set just NL or American League. I think it makes it relevant because it's a huge city. Okay. 
I, I won't second that, but not, nothing against the players, but or the team. You don't care. I, listen, I didn't play for the Cubs. I played for. You're supposed to be able to. I played for the. I played for the teams. other team in Chicago. You need to evaluate. I didn't all evaluate teams. them. I said I don't have anything against the team. <laughs> yeah, you're just not going. Oh, I really want those guys to succeed. Gosh darn! I hope the Cubs win. Fair. That, you almost had to throw up in your mouth right there. <laughs> Maybe I did. I had to throw up. <laughs> Some of those bets you're talking about, I mean, they're they're playing fine. That's not the problem. It's the bullpen just, has been a, a major problem. The bullpen's a Steel's huge problem. Steele's been good. Strowman's been good out of the, in the starters. Tyon's been okay. It's not a swing and miss staff. It's got no. some similar issues to the Cardinals in that way. The difference is the Cardinals have more weapons coming out of the pen. They do, right. And That's a better one. lineup. And, well, in a better Much lineup. better lineup. Yes, but the thing is, the bullpen has been a major thing. When you look at the Cubs the last, I don't know what it is, the last 10 games, it has been – Really bad. Mm-hmm. Even last night it was six to one, I think, in the seventh. Ugh. There was a weird play too, where didn't David Ross walk Alvarez at some point? No, he walked Bregman, didn't he? To, to get, get to Alvarez. Alvarez. Yes. Yeah. It, it was. You want to really pitch to Jordan Alvarez? But at I think it point? was six three. At yes. Yes. And he yes. And it ended up. Everyone's like, oh, it worked out for him. And then later on, it came back when Tuck got him. Yeah, but with a with an Astros lineup, and this is completely getting into the weeds of how to manage a game, I do not let – when I have a three-run lead, I do not let that heart of the order back up again. And when you automatically walk guys in those types of situations, yes, they got Alvarez out, but you just – you try to get the outs in the situations you can because all of a sudden you stretch an inning, one or two batters – Guess who's looming later in the later in the game? Like it's just you got to put them down when you can, and maybe and and maybe the matchup they felt like it wasn't good, but that lineup is scary, especially when they get Altuve back. Yeah, but the more times Alvarez, Tucker, Bregman come up, guess what? Scary more chances they have to do damage, and you got Myers hitting a home run, a huge home run, and you dude in the ninth inning you have Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker coming up, the game on the line. Pretty good chance one of them's going to sneak one in there, and Tucker just flicked that ball to center. Two RBIs, game over. Astros win. They're really good. They've been really good. They're still really good. I'm just <laughs> saying they're really still good. really good. So the way I size up the West, and actually with the Angels falling again last night to the Orioles, they're back to 500, and they've lost eight of 11. Otani homered today so far. Speaking they're of really good, in the, the Orioles are really good, the Orioles especially are really good. at home. Yes. And I saw what, when they're favorites in a game, I think they're 19 and three on the money line. Keep it in mind, Kratzy, when they're favored in the game. You've nah. taken that from me. Kratzy. I didn't get that from you. I got that from someone else. Kratzy, I'm not how many taking... times have I mentioned that already? Yeah. Like Orioles, three or four. Orioles money line three or yeah. four times. But when they're, that's the stat. When they're favored, they're 19 and three. Correct. I'm it's not going with the numbers anymore. Okay. <laughs> He's taking a numbers <laughs> break right now. Yeah, which right. Is fine. I won last night. Yeah, you're the only one. Save it. Save it. I had my whole family like just watching the game thinking, (laughs) no, Garrett, don't get another strikeout. (laughs) Dad is down. Uh, Yeah. All your Yankee buddies are like, shut up, Kratz. (laughs) Well, my son is a Yankees fan. I'll get that story another day, but my son is a Yankees fan. So he's like, Dad, are you cheering for, for Garrett to not get out of this inning? I was like, no, I'll take a double play. (laughs) 
Hey, Atlanta also great game, and Texas staying AL West for another second. But speaking of bullpen problems, Texas, Texas, Texas has had some bullpen problems, and Evan Grant, the writer who was on our show, we mentioned him when we talked to him about a month ago. When Texas got off to a great start, we said trade deadline. What are they looking for? And he said bullpen. And that was a month ago. Guess what's available always at the deadline? Bullpen. That's a part that you can patch up quickly. The problem is, 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 is how do you find the right guys to fit the role you need? Sure. Bruce Bochy's a master at it, at using a bullpen, but they've tried a bunch of guys in the back end of games, and every guy they seem to stick out there has been giving it up. Go grab a closer or two. I'm saying this is a team, this is one of those non-pump-the-brakes teams for me. They're I actually good. Think, Dude, they can swing. I actually think oh. this team has a very legitimate chance of making it to the playoffs. Winning the division, that's a lot. But making the playoffs, very possible, especially if they pick up bullpen pieces at the deadline. Think about this. Most of the season so far, they haven't had Corey Seager. He just came back. Most of the season, or at least half at this point, no Jacob deGrom. Is that, I mean. That's not a surprise, but here's my point. If you can hang around and you maximize the Kershaw plan of the past where you get 20 starts even out of him. That's a success. And if you have him Dude, healthy. 20 starts for 40 million is a success? This year? Hey, That's a you, success? You know what you have. You and I have different successes. Yeah, but th- this team should be able to win without him, and they're doing that right now. So my point is, when you do have him on the mound, you're getting the best quality in the bigs. And then if you have him healthy for the playoffs, you're a pain in the ass. I agree. I get it. But, like, what do you want to do? You want to give him a different body? Like he's he's going to be injury prone for the rest of his career. I, I, There's yes. no doubt about it. So if I'm Texas, I'm just like, let's make sure we maximize what we get from him. We don't want I'm out for the season. I'm shutdown mode. And the Dodgers have done that really well with Kershaw over the years when he's dealt with what he's got, including the back. Mm-hmm. For him, I'm managing starts and making sure that he's 100 billion percent ready to return. And then I'm also making sure, no matter what, we have a fully locked and loaded Degrom for playoff time. Right? Obviously, you got to get there. I get it. I, I, I feel like some of this is overshadowing the fact that Atlanta's lineup just can get you anywhere. But the whole DeGrom thing, have we ever seen DeGrom where he's out on the mound and you're like, wow, you know, his velo's kind of down. Oh, but he's pitched through it. You don't have to worry about the team getting him ready. <laughs> like, He's going to make sure he is 100% once he's out on that mound. Like, he comes back and you're like, oh, it's vintage DeGrom. You know, 102 cutter, you know, painted on the black. He's not he, – he mitigates his way through some of these pains, I would say. You know, because what was his last major surgery? Tommy John? Which was how long ago? 17? And how many times has he been on the IL since? Uh, two, two more. I only have ten fingers, so I. <laughs> right. So I think I think he's okay with twenty starts. I'm not that doesn't make him not competitive. It just makes him know Jacob Degrom at ninety four, ninety eight. He doesn't feel like he can get it done. So you know what? He's gonna come back off the IL whenever that is. July, maybe another stint at the end of July and be ready for the end of September. And if this team, Josh Jung, freaking like Corey Seager's just going to, who's my second, because he, I didn't, I forgot he came back, but he's my second most underrated player. Like no, this he's lineup. not underrated, underrated. Corey Seager? 
just because he's playing in a small market right now, I think he was fairly rated when he was with the Dodgers. I mean, don't get me wrong. We knew he was damn good. I mean, he he got paid. Yeah. But if you said, if you said top five shortstops in the game, Corey Seager's name would not have popped up. True. By the way, DeGrom had Tommy John in 2010. That was the, that was in the last surgery he had. Though. No, I don't know. I was just guessing. But uh, stress reaction, right scapula, elbow inflammation to second half, entire second half, 21. 2020, he missed time with back and arm trouble. Uh, I mean, there's surgery? just. 20, 2021, he stopped pitching in July. He had surgery on his ulnar nerve in September of, hold on. Mm. 2017. He had surgery on his ulnar nerve, but it was not Tommy John. So that's me, the one I was thinking of. To me, he's going to be healthy when he's out there. He's not going to pitch through. He's not going to pitch at 80%. I know you're I don't saying. even know I got what that you. means. I got you. No, but, I totally understood that. Yeah, we're not arguing that. Yeah, he, he's, you know. he's like Steven Strasburg. He has to be 100% healthy to pitch. I think Strasburg's in a different category. Well, I'm just saying that's what the knock was. They called him 72 yeah. and sunny. Yeah, but because some guys, it had to be 72 and sunny for Strasburg to pitch. Yeah, I, I think Degrom is a step ahead of that. There are there's like this abyss category that Strasburg's in, where you're like you, you forget that the person exists. Like True. there's not even updates on the status of certain players, and he's in that. Can category. we get da- Can we get Dave Martinez to ask him where? Where in the world, like we do the where in the world is Adam Jones, where in the world is Steven Strasburg? I could not be more excited to have is a conversation. Is he in Jupiter or is he in West Palm? Is he in D.C.? Is he in California? They hide a lot of stuff in Washington, D.C. Strasburg's just another one. <laughs> no, that just don't even leave that to baseball. Just just keep that, keep that as a broad statement. <laughs> that was just a broad statement. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so, yeah, I think Texas is legit. Also, Adolis Garcia, that's the one other name I wanted to bring up. He leads baseball in the category that no one cares about, according to Kratz, RBIs. <laughs> RBIs. Yeah, yeah. He's got he 46. Had, he hit two off Strider last night. Strider, oh. had, Strider doesn't give him up. He hadn't given up two home runs in a start, apparently. And he hit two Since bombs the playoffs. off of. He went two bombs off Regular of. season. Yeah, but, yes, season. two bombs. And I'm looking at the strikeout to walk because I know that was the big problem. And, you're, and that's why he didn't get picked up by any teams. And then Texas claims him. And every year it's getting better. And this year it's tight right now. The walk to strike out, the chase rate. The big thing for me always with the chase rate that I try and explain to like a more casual baseball fan, it's not just about chasing a pitch out of the zone and swinging, miss, swinging and missing. Some, it's just as bad to chase a pitch real far out of the zone sometimes and have poor quality contact. What? That was, that was, that was what, that was what made right. AJ that, good. That hurt. No, that's what made AJ good. But for Adolis, yeah. That's for him to tap into his power. You have to find the balance of yeah, sure, b- big moment. You just need to reach for one and get a knock. Go for it. But then also sometimes like we need a swings on pitches in the zone from him. So spit at some stuff. Yeah, I, no, did, go ahead, Crouchy. No, I was just gonna say, I, like when you think about doing a scatter report after watching that game last night with Garcia's two homers, my mind, like you could show me what the numbers are for a scatter report for for him. I'm always going to think, whoa, he clipped he clipped Strider twice. Like on pitches that were, you know, they weren't, they weren't middle down. Those balls were up, and that's a legit fastball. So my mind is always going, I got to make him stretch it. I got to throw that slider down and away, curveball down and away, whatever that guy on the mound has, because those, were, those are signature, 
those are signature home runs in my book as a catcher when I'm building a scouting report against that guy. True. True. There's a lot of chatter about the Braves' bullpen. People are concerned. The the Braves have blown a lot of saves, too. I saw something today where not only have the Rangers blown a lot, the Rays have blown a lot of games because they're ahead in every game. The Braves have blown a lot of games. Some of the best teams blow saves, but they might blow them earlier in the game and then come back and win, so it hides the warts. It it gets overshadowed by some good offenses. The Rays obviously can score. The Braves' offense is sick. Braves, uh, dude, that ball Acuna hit last night. Oh my gosh! And he hits him like off the ground, four hundred and fifty feet. Not like Adolis Garcia is getting heaters up and he's tomahawking them to right center. Acuna's getting them like golf balls. And yeah, but the thing I'm seeing from Acuna is he's starting to hit. Last night he hit a fastball out. The other nights it was because he's always sat on breaking balls and he just murders them down in the zone. Speaking of murdering a ball down in the zone, Trout just went deep on a ball down in the zone. Well, there's there's your there's your swing plane. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only Sweet. way that the, the Angels are winning. It's, By the way, do you know Mike Trout has zero stolen bases this year? He doesn't run much. I, I still, but that was his thing. He was a five tool guy. He'd steal a bunch of bases. He has zero this year. Hmm. The new rules. He's afraid of the bigger bases. <laughs> <laughs> so he had. Let's see. When's the last time he really was running? I mean, 11 in 2019 was the last time he was double digits. When did he? What year did he hurt his thumb? Remember he hurt his thumb sliding and he kind of stopped after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Every kid on my high school team has one of those mittens. Yeah, the oven mitts? Just got like hit, three of them. Hey, do they hit with it in their pocket and they play defense with it in there? Mike, nope, you're out. Got to take it out. You will not get on the field on my team if you have an oven mitt. A, in your pocket on defense, I will come on the field and I will take you off the field. <laughs> And, and I will grab it out of your pocket in front of everybody and walk back off the field. And kids go, well, that's drip, coach. And I'm like, yeah, well, drip your ass right back to the dugout. Then, cause <laughs> if it ain't, you don't need it. You don't, need, you don't need that hanging out of your pocket. And then second of all, you don't need to hit with it. Have the first base coach. You can give it to the first base coach and have someone take it to him when you get on first. Oh, you and me would have we, had such a great time as if you were my coach. We only have three kids. We only have three kids with, with the sliding pad. But we have a pinch runner that has the sliding pad. Hmm. So he always has that in his pocket. And I found out about I found out about drip. I always called it chrome before, but chrome. they have the drip. There's one kid on our team. He has sunglasses on, and I brought him in to pitch. And he goes, here, you got to take my sunglasses. And I looked at him on the way back in. It looked like somebody had weed whacked his sunglasses. There were so many scratches all over the lenses. So he got in, and I go, Dude, I was like, there's no way you can see through these. Like, get some new ones. He goes, oh, I don't ever put them on. They just stay on my hat. Drip. <laughs> yep. What, what's Drip. wrong with that? Uh, CHP, Scott. CHP. Can he play? Can he play and drip? If you get, if you get both, then you got a hell of a player. Okay. But you better be good before you have the drip. Scotty Braun, my chrome theory. Play. My my Chrome theory: If you have more than three pieces of Chrome, you're going to be an annoying player to the people you play against, and it's going to get in the way of their evaluation of you. You get three pieces of Chrome. That's it. That's the level. No flare. more. Okay, so it's like Flair. What was the movie? Uh, Office, Office space, space. Where you had to have so many pieces of Flair on. Have enough Flair. Yeah, like, very very much. Fifteen's the minimum, but we really encourage you going over. <laughs> yes, that's you as a baseball player. Yes, you'd have eye black, sunglasses. No. Sunglasses on your hat. 
Elbow guard, foot no, guard. I wasn't over the top. Oven I, mitt. I'm crafty status. Quality over quantity. Pick pick two, three items and make them really pop. And that's all you need. The, let the game and everything else do the talking for the rest of it. I'm okay, fine nice. with that. But I'm saying, what if one of my one of my chrome items is oven mittens in my back pocket? Is that okay, Kratzy? That's, that's fine. fine. As long as you're on base and you're wearing it. No, I want them. I want them in my back pocket for nine innings. While you're playing left field, you need it. I want them in my slide. back pocket. In case you slide for a ball, you can stick it on real quick and that's not hurt your hand. That's my Rosarena. That's what makes me feel good, comfortable and myself and make me play my best. Can I, I have them, Kratzy? You're that's fine. You're allowed. You're allowed three pieces of chrome. Don't don't overdo it. And with those biceps, if you tailor your big league jersey. To make those biceps stick out, that's one piece of chrome. You can't, like, you, you're, you're dealt with the card. You have to play with the cards you're dealt. So you can't, okay. it's, it's important. Chain, well, there's, I there's just a don't, lot of the, Fine, I don't care if you want to wear the oven mitt when you get on first base or second base or third base or wherever you're on base, just get on base. But why are you wearing it playing left field? Why you got to have in your back? Wouldn't it slow you down having that big heavy thing flopping around hitting you in the backside? Our insider, Ken Rosenthal. Joining us right now after a pretty action-packed interview with Jose Trevino. Not not sure how much of it you caught, Ken, but very probably... action-packed and very yes. well done. I must say, mm -hmm. I, I hit all the points, and he was great. He was really interesting. There was a lot of food for thought there. Yes. So, any thoughts that you took from what he said? Obviously, he was sticking to the judge side of things. You know, he's barking at the dugout. Okay, you, you broke the story the other night about Jay Jackson and tipping. And so I want to get your thoughts like on this show, if you want to touch on that part and then also on the Herman part of things, because I thought that was probably Trevino's best stuff. Yes. First of all, the judge chirping or looking at the dugout because the dugout's chirping. Nice try. Uh, I'm not buying that. I don't think any rational hey, person is buying Ken. that. Hey, Ken, yes. Jose said he doesn't lie anymore. Okay. So he would not lie to us. Okay? <laughs> not You're anymore. Not he wouldn't take judge's side just to cover, you know. AJ, we've both been around this game long enough, as has, Eric, <laughs> as has Scott, to know that stories are concocted all the time. Now, the one thing, AJ, I had a question for you about was when you said with Pitchcom, there really is no reason to peek anymore for signs. And there's no reason 99% of the time to peek at all. However, what about location? What about where a catcher sets up? Could a hitter be looking for that. Not that Judge was in this case. I don't believe that was the case at all. And as Jay Jackson later said, he was tipping and there were other things going on. But it seems to me you could look down, look for location. It's hard to see, though. You have to you have to really look, Ken. So if I'm a right-handed hitter, I hit left-handed, so we'll do it because I was left-handed. The pitcher is that way. So I'm this way, and I was open. So in order for me to see where the catcher was, I would literally have to go. Yeah. Right? And then I guess where I'm, as Lance Lynn said, guess what I'm getting? Funk. Right? Well, so actually, but guys now, guys point. will wear guys will wear sunglasses and they'll kind of and they're looking down at the catcher, even though because you can't see their eyes. So I was always wary as a catcher, guys with sunglasses, make sure they were looking dead ahead before I went, okay, whatever sign we're putting down. Because mm -hmm. there were some guys that were they would go like this with their bat and then they'd bring their bat. Oddly enough, right when you're about to put a number down. So there's some interesting timing there. 
But as far as looking now at the pitch count, it should eliminate peaking other than from tipping like Jay Jackson said he was doing, which right. then leads to over his shoulder, right? The first base coach or somebody in their dugout can see it. And right when he did it was right when Judge's eyes went from here to there and back. It was quick and good on the Blue Jays for catching it because that was pretty amazing that they caught it right on time. Now, one thing also with this is that I heard the Lance Leonard interview yesterday with you guys, and I thought it was really well done again. And also Lance's comments about what you just said, AJ, throwing at somebody. Now, I'm not condoning throwing at people. I get it, and the game is kind of advanced beyond a lot of those shenanigans. But yesterday, right before you guys posted the Lynn interview on Twitter, I got a text from a retired pitcher who said this is very easily solved. You throw at somebody, and the next time it doesn't happen again, shifting your eyes for whatever reason you're doing it. So it seems to me that that is one solution. Again, I'm not condoning it, but it's the way the game was enforced by the players on the field. And Eric, you know this, this kind of thing was commonplace really not that long ago, and now it seems to be not part of the game at all. Yeah, and that's because I think some people stepped in that tried to control it. I think the league was, again, reactive instead of proactive in it. And they're they're taking – because the umpires used to be a part of it. I mean, A.J. was in the league 10 years before me, and the umpires were able to, like, handle these situations. And, like, obviously I'm not condoning people getting hit either. Absolutely not. But I'm also not condoning peaking. I'm not condoning giving up an advantage that I have. And to me, it, again, it's a league thing. The players had it under control. It's a league thing that needs to give more power back to the players or maybe just tell the umpires, hey, let them take care of it, and then we'll sift through it as we go. Now, one thing, guys, I do want to mention also, I think, Eric, you mentioned this about – enforcing the sticky stuff, and we'll get to Herman in a second, through spin rates. And if you were watching Fair Territory a few weeks ago, I actually got into this and why the league is so resistant to using spin rates to determine enforcement and whether a pitcher is illegally using sticky stuff. And there are a few reasons for it. One, there's no baseline. So if you took the baseline of each pitcher right now, you might be getting a couple of guys who are cheating right now and it wouldn't be a proper baseline. The other thing or other things are that with spin rates, they're variable throughout a game and often they diminish throughout a game. They can be affected by a number of factors, pitchers, mechanics that day, weather, all kinds of things. And generally they do go down as the game progresses, as you would expect. So what happens if a pitcher's spin rate stays relatively steady? throughout the course of a game. Is he cheating? So you put all of this together, and I'm simplifying it to a degree, and the league just feels that that is not a proper way to measure and enforce that the umpires would have the best feel for it. Now, all the things Jose was saying about Herman and the difficulty of knowing what is proper and what is not proper, these are points Max Scherzer has raised on this show and to reporters as well. That is something that is really difficult for pitchers and players in general. And getting a feel for this is not going to be easy. And we've seen it's not going to be easy. At the same time, it's not like there's an ejection every day. We've seen a few egregious ones 
in the umpire's judgment this year. And it seems to me that 95, 98% of the pitchers seem to have this figured out. So, yeah, I get what Jose is saying. And he, he raises some really good points about the unknown, about players not really understanding what the line is. But at the same time, most pitchers, as I said, seem to be finding their comfort zone within these new enforcement rules. But can you tell, like, I, I tried to read the body language. I, I watched, I was actually watching both games. To me, it felt like Scherzer was sitting there going, no, I have done nothing wrong. Why on earth would you, like, you can't do this. And Mingo was kind of like, Domingo was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I hear well, those are two different personalities too, Eric. And you kind of have to take into account Max's more volatile personality from what we've seen in the past. And Max did feel and still feels like he was doing nothing wrong. The umpires determined otherwise. And they determined that he was using sticky stuff or at least rosin to the point where it was too sticky. And Max said he mixed it with alcohol and all of this and he did it in a clubhouse. Well, you're not supposed to do it in the clubhouse. Now, Max would say, I brought this up to him. Hey, what are we doing here? I got to go now with the pitch clock. On, I've got to go in the back of the mound every time I feel that my hands need the rosin. <laughs> All reasonable points, but there are certain lines you can't cross. And it seems to me that these few pitchers who have crossed it, they've crossed it in a pretty big way. Now, we could agree to disagree on some of this, but at the same time, if the problem was so pronounced, we'd be seeing ejections every day. We're not. Here's why I think it's pronounced. Because I think it's an ump thing. It's like going to class and there's some teachers that are more lenient. Because we're not using any type of science. Like we test for PEDs, we use the same tests. We're going off hands of adults that are going, well, yeah, okay. I think there's certain ump crews or human beings that think something feels stickier than it is or just want to enforce the rules harder. And now, just like you look at guys' strike zones, right? Every hitter, every catcher, they know, oh, this guy, he calls the high strike more. His zone's a little wider. Hey, watch out. This guy checks for sticky shit. So let's like really scrub the hands down each time we come on. That's the human element that I think sucks because it could bite you at any moment. So I don't like that part. Do you feel like there's any issues there where the umps are getting too much of a responsibility to police this? Scott, I like your point. And I would even further it by saying, here's a sport that looks to quantify everything. And this is the one area where we're going to still let it be subjective. <laughs> that doesn't seem to be consistent with the league's thinking on many, many other matters where they're throwing data at us left and right. At the same time, I've had the issues explained with using spin rates and they seemed like logical explanations to me on why spin rates were kind of flawed when judging whether a pitcher is using sticky stuff. And Scott, you're absolutely right. This is going to vary from umpire to umpire, just as strike zones vary from umpire to umpire. And maybe that's just part of the process now players have to go through, knowing certain guys will flag you, Phil Cuzzy, and certain guys maybe will take a more lenient approach. It's not perfect. No one should suggest it's perfect. At the same time, let's go back to the beginning, too. If the pitchers were not using sticky stuff to excessive points and effectively cheating, as they were for the past several years leading up to the enforcement, 
we wouldn't be here in the first place. And I'll give you another point, and this is more in the players' favor. If the league could develop a ball that had enough stick to it, as they have in Japan, as we seem to be unable to do here with all our science, <laughs> then that would be a way to eliminate the problem as well. And, and I don't understand why we can't get to that point. It, it's baffling to me uh, that wait, wait. we're still looking at this. Wait, you said the players are using the sticky stuff. Like, so you're saying coaches, there was definitely not a team that coaches were like, oh, here's what we have. Like, there's other people that are culpable in this situation. It's not just no I don't know. I understand is, that, Eric. But no, the pitchers no front were, office. Right. No, no, no. All true. All true. And front offices were turning a blind eye, as they often have in situations like this. Steroid era, another example. More egregious in certain respects. But ultimately, the pitchers were the ones making the choices to do it. And, sure. yeah, there were people behind it and people suggesting. I'm not going to dispute that one bit. It was going on. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> That's where the play was. It's like guys stepping out. It's a little bit of a stretched analogy. But when guys were stepping out all the time and taking their time at the plate, ultimately that's their responsibility. It's not the yep. coaches or anybody else's. Yep. That's my thing. I know, I know we're going hard on this, but James Hoy after the game, the crew chief saying it definitely wasn't rosin. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't know. He's the only one that gets to, to feel the hands and know. But I'm like, it's kind of throwing an accusation out there. And also, the, the sticky conversation has been shown and demoed that you can make your hands sticky as hell just with rosin and sweat. That's why, for me, I'm understanding this case more because we're talking to multiple players a day. And they're saying the same things over and over. So, I don't know. That, well, the that's accusation, the part that drives Scott, me nuts. The accusation by Hoy, well, when he ejects him, that's the accusation. So, yeah. <laughs> That's his explanation for the accusation, effectively. And again, I'm not suggesting that there aren't alternate points here that are very fair. And there's a discussion to be had. There is. There's no question there's a discussion to be had. And maybe there's a balance that can be reached between using spin rates to some effect, using umpire's judgment to some, and some combination. It gets complicated, I know. But... The league needs to keep looking at this and needs to keep refining its methods of enforcement. Let, let's jump to some fan questions because it actually, the first one that I saw that stood out ties right into some writing you did recently on the National League West still being run by the Dodgers. So this one is from Suzanne. Are the Padres the biggest disappointment of 2023? And I'll double down here because I watched half of yesterday's game when I got home, Padres Royals. And I'm like, what? It's the same thing over and over in this series. There's walks, there's bad base running. There's not delivering with runners in scoring position. And it happens. Everyone has a bad series, but you know, it's, it's getting late early or whatever you want to call it. Not for them to be a playoff team, but for them to take the division. So what did you write about? And what are your thoughts there? First of all, they just lost two or three to the Royals at home. The Royals, arguably the second worst team in the majors ahead of only the A's. So that tells you all you need to know. They have not been able to get it going. Runners in scoring position, horrible. The offense, which we all thought would be so great, not so great. Now we have Manny with a potential injury. A lot going wrong there. And are they the biggest disappointment of 2023? Until last night, I might have said the Mets, but the Mets win last night was so potentially transformative that I'll take them out of this discussion until I see more. I know they're playing the Rays right now. The Padres, 
what I wrote is that this is a team that has been slapped together. It is not a team where you see a particularly coherent roster construction. There are stars. It's a top-heavy roster. There's not much of a bottom of the lineup. Depth is not great. They're pitching, both starting and relief. There are questions all over the place. So while, yes, it's a fun team because of the great players that they have, it's not necessarily a cohesive team. And I know a lot of fans reacted, Padres fans, by saying, ah, it's all baloney. If they start hitting, everything will be fine. True. Everything will be fine if that happens. And it probably will happen. But you look at the team just to the north, the Dodgers, and the way they are constructed with far many more homegrown players, with guys who have been there a while that weren't necessarily homegrown but played on World Series teams, Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, those types of guys, and there's a winning culture. It's been a winning culture for a decade now. The Padres don't have that. And I know they had a great year last year. They went to the National League Championship Series. A.J. Preller is great at identifying talent and acquiring talent. But he is yet to put together this kind of team that you can say, wow, that's a team. And that's the difference between the Padres and the Dodgers. Now, ultimately, and I wrote this, the Padres might just out-talent everybody and more power to them. But we're not seeing it, and the things that I'm talking about, things that cannot be measured, are part of it. And you can say this, that, and the other thing, but this stuff, and you guys know this because you played, Eric and AJ, the cohesion of a team, the chemistry of a team, a team having a certain identity, that stuff does matter. It absolutely matters. Which leads me to my next question. You mentioned the Mets. The, the Padres... I don't know. The Dodgers are just better for some reason. You can look at the talent and say the Padres should be better, but the Dodgers are. And you can't explain it. But for me, for the Mets, we've talked about the last few days, Buck Showalter loves veterans. We, 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 we kind of know that, right? They call up Vientos. He hits a home run for him, a huge home run for him last night. Will they call up some of these kids and give them an actual chance? Alvarez hit the three-run homer last night late in the game. Then, obviously, Alonzo hit the walk-off. But Vientos and Alvarez were the two that got them there. When will the Mets make a change and bring up some of their young guys for an energy source and then say, okay, now we have more of a homegrown, tight-knit group of people, like kind of like what you're saying about the Dodgers and the Padres? AJ, I think it's happening. And they've been playing Beatty and Alvarez regularly. Alvarez last night, his biggest moment as a Met, that game-tying home run. He has drawn rave reviews for his catching, which was, of course, the biggest question. You watch him. You watch his body language. He certainly seems to care a lot. So they've got two pieces right there. Vientos is a little bit different because it's tougher to fit him in positionally. He's not a great defender anywhere. But they brought him up yesterday. He hit a big home. The first one to tie the score in the seventh inning. So the only one missing now is Mauricio. And who knows? He could be here soon. And to get back to the Padres' point, bringing up these three guys that the Mets have, that's something the Padres can't do. They've traded everybody. Now, those trades have been fun. They've gotten them great players. But there's something missing there that you don't have. You don't have the ability to go down and get that young talent that the Mets can do, that the Dodgers are getting with Outman and Vargas and some of their players that you see all over the league, the Orioles, all kinds of teams. The Red Sox last night with Bayo. So... That is one thing that I think the Mets are actually on the right track with. They don't have young pitching. And what they've done or tried to do is spend on free agents, 
particularly on the pitching end, until they can get some young pitching that is at the level that they need. They haven't really succeeded in any aspect of that so far. But in terms of bringing up the young position players, they're doing that, they're incorporating them, and those guys are succeeding. Ken, the Padres, and we're harping on the Padres today, which is fine because, again, you lose two out of three to the Royals, you kind of get what you get, especially at home. What's their clubhouse like? Who's the we, we had a whole thing with like with the Mets. Who's their leader in their clubhouse? Who's the leader of that team? Is it Manny? Is it Fernando? Is it Bogarts, who's new? Who's the leader? And, and is there any clubhouse? Because I've heard after I've heard some conversations about some things there that maybe they're not the the, the most cohesive unit. Now I'm not saying it's true. I don't know because again I'm not there. But who's the leader and what's it like every day on that clubhouse? I would say, at least according to what I've heard, that the idea that the Padres aren't getting along, that the four big stars don't like each other, these are things I've heard too. I asked that pretty directly last weekend to somebody involved and was told categorically that's not the case. That yes, you'll have some normal frictions, normal jealousies, but it's not like these players all hate each other. That's not the case at all. Who is the leader? Probably a better question, but... Manny is certainly the centerpiece of this team in a couple of different ways. Contractually, certainly he's got the biggest deal. And also, he plays every day. Now, he's got this question after the injury yesterday. But Manny's biggest attribute, and the one he gets no credit for, is his durability. He is neck and neck with Goldschmidt for games played since the start of 2015. That, to me, is measure of leadership in its own right. Now, is he the perfect vocal guy? I don't know that he's that. He is who he is, but he has grown as a player quite a bit. He is much more mature. I think he'll only always have some degree of moodiness. That's just who he is. But I don't know that leadership is the problem. I don't know what the problem is, but guys, we know this. When a team doesn't have it, it can be apparent at times. And sometimes it's a team that's not hitting, and when a team is not hitting, they never look good. And that's certainly part of it with the Padres. But I still question the culture there. And there is not this history of winning. There is not these built-in traditions that have been established there over the years, as there have been with the Dodgers. Part of that's because this is an upstart team. We get that. We understand. But at some point, the Padres have to build that. They have to get to that. And... The way, they're, the way they're constructed, it's not that easy. I totally get it. I don't remember now, 2012 or 2013, one of those, the Tigers. I'd never covered a team um, and been in there for the playoffs and been around them and talking to the guys. That was the one that got swept by the Orioles in those three games, remember? It was Scherzer, mm -hmm. Price, Verlander. And it was like Miggy and young J.D. Martinez, Castellanos, et cetera. But I, I get it. I get the it factor part. Ken, awesome catching up. Appreciate the time. And we'll plug fair territory on the back end, but let you go. Enjoy the weekend. Where are you going? Going to St. Louis for the Dodgers one more time. And I'm, there we go. actually, I'm quite interested to see the Cardinals, who seem to be riding the ship a little bit, the way they played in Boston and then just winning two or three from Milwaukee. Yeah, they turned it around fast. 
Ken, enjoy the series. Ken, we'll talk to you next Ken, week. Ken, what? I'm sorry, Thanks, but I think, our, I think my game goes to more than yours does this weekend, so I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> AJ, <laughs> I'm not keeping score, man. Uh, <laughs> he is. He is. I know. Uh, no, it's just, it doesn't happen very often, so I'm proud when it does. You got the map? Yes, the... they give us the map. And Seattle-Atlanta, for some reason, is a bigger matchup than the Dodgers. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm happy. Atlanta. I think it's rate. 51% to 49% of the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. You, you get the win. Or a bow tie for Ken. <laughs> See you again. Thanks, guys. So fair territory is every single week on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the whole deal. So yeah, if you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. It's got its own playlist, its own rack set up on Foul Territory's YouTube channel. Or if you're listening, just type in fair territory. We also put it up. Um, on foul territory as well, but on fair territory, you can catch that um, right there if you type it in. And once a week, Ken runs through all of this. So whew, it's been a busy does he, week. Does, is there anybody in the game that knows more people than Ken? No. More sources, no. more. And, and the thing about Ken is when I know when I was a player, he'd be annoying sometimes. And I'd tell him this. Is he'd, get his, <laughs> he'd get his nose on, he'd get a sniff of a story, and he's like, and he'd just start texting you. And he just, he just wouldn't stop. He's like, we used to call him like a Rottweiler. He just, I'm like, dude, like when I get the answer, I'll give you the answer. Just let me, you don't need to text me 12 times a day. But that was Ken. No, that was him. But he didn't do it. But it didn't. Yes. But he didn't, he didn't do it in a way that where you were like annoyed with it or get angry with it and just be like, stop, Ken. It was always, Hey, I'm hearing this. And you'll say like, oh, I'm here. And you'd be like, oh, I haven't heard that, but I'll check into it. And then the next day, it's like, did you get anything else on it? I've heard, I also heard this. And you're like, well, I haven't heard quite that. And, and then, but he, man, he knew. He's good. He is. He's good. He's over, good. People remember I did the over under the other day? I'd say over under 399 and a half <laughs> players, managers, front office. I'm taking members. the over. Oh, I'm taking, I'm taking over, over Ken's phone. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's probably got like a few thousand. Oh, so, he's got he, everybody. He knows he's, he's a hustler. He is a hustler, and and you just when he talks, you listen. That's that's why we love having him on the. Because he knows everything, too. I mean, well, and, but he talks in facts too. He's not yes. he's not surmising, and he's he's not. But he's not mincing his words. Like, well, I don't know. He doesn't give the veteran answer. He's like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there because I don't have the information. Like he's he's pro, and that's why I think players really respect him. And I'm assuming front office and GMs and managers, all those guys respect him. There's been many times where he's come to me and asked me something and I've given him the answer and he's like, I can't go with that. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm telling you, this is happening. And he'll say, well, I, don't, I, I gotta get like three sources. I'm like, well, you're never going to get three sources. <laughs> you have the source. It's me. I'm giving it to you. This is what's going to happen. Cause you hear things I know. in the clubhouse. You hear, you know, what's he going goes on. by the journalistic but then, rules. Yes. And he's, that's the other thing is he has integrity. That is. Dude's spot. a grinder. He's in Kratz's grinder category. hundred percent. He worked right, in so Baltimore. He's got street cred for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ken, and by the way, Ken, I'm taking it all back because I don't want you to think that I like you, so we're going to edit this all out. We're going to take oh, this out. Listen okay. to you. Yeah, you have, we're going to MLB Oakland A's scrub it out. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ken. Ken knows. I love Ken and I. Are, we're, I love Ken. He's hey, I want to preview some matchups, okay? So last minute game time for my friends at game time. Go grab the app. Hit FT Live. If you're a new customer, 20 bucks off. Your first ticket purchase, terms apply, get after it. So I'm going to do it a little bit differently for tonight because it's a really light slate. I'm giving you the option. Last minute, okay? You're either flying up to Toronto 
or I'm shipping you to St. Louis? You want Yankees, Blue Jays, Cortez, and Barrios to finish off the series? Or do you want Julio Arias against Adam Wainwright, a fresh series starting with the Dodgers and the Cardinals? I want the Cardinals-Dodgers. Okay. I want to see what Wainwright does. He, he's gotten, he was hurt, and he hasn't gotten off to a great start this year. So I want to see how he pitches against a really good team. The Dodgers are hot as fire right now. So I want to see how he does. And the Cardinals are playing really well. They took two out of three from the Brewers. They're swinging the bat. And Arias has been, has been good. He's been kind of back to what we expect from Julio Arias. So I, that's the game for me. Eh. Blue Jays, Yankees, eh. Played out by now. Let's 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 move on. <laughs> Four games set is too long for AJ. No, yeah. I I want to go to the Cardinals game too. Like you get to see somebody on the retirement tour, you get mm. to see Wayno pitch on the retirement tour. That was, I'd circle that on my calendar and it's an easy flight out to St. Louis. I'm still going to Toronto because yeah. nothing happened. Quote nothing happened last night, so something else is going to happen tonight. You're expecting it. Yeah, and I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. Like, if I missed two days ago and I had the chance, I'd be pissed. So Here's here's the question I have that I have, though. Yes, last night was a great pitcher's duel up there in Toronto. Could some of it have been because of, like, what had happened the game before? Like, hey, get back in your box. Like, you might be relaying something. No, no. No, absolutely not. Just two good guys, two dudes that were on top of their game. Cole and Bassett were dealing. Uh, there was no get back in your box. There was no this or that. There was there was good pitching. It was good pitching. And also, did you see what St. Louis had in their dugout last night? The burger, the burger phone? phone, where they they it's like this it's a burger, and they open it when they think someone's going to hit a home run. And Adam Wainwright opened it right before Paul DeYoung hit a homer. I, I, I saw it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That's a good prop. I like it. Yeah. Good prop. It's good, it's prop. good chrome. Good piece of chrome. That's keeps not chrome. In, That's a prop. Okay, not, it okay. keeps you keeps you very locked in on the game because you want to be the guy that calls the home run within your squad, right? That's the it. That's the it factor. You're right. They've got it again. Okay. Oh, so they last found week it. they didn't have it. No, no. They all it s- took. Hey, all it took was them to sit Wilson Contreras for like ten days. You're just going to DH. Hey, you're back in. Guess what? Now we're happy. One big happy family. Whatever. No, Maybe no, the Padres need to, six homers. True. Maybe maybe the Padres need to. Take somebody and say, hey, Manny, you're, Manny you're sitting for 10 days. You're He's not a third baseman. He is sitting. He got hit by a pitch on Monday. He fractured a part of his hand. He actually might sit for a week and a half. <laughs> I'm just, I know. I'm just know. using Manny as an example because he's the one that can sit plays every day. Yes. Right? But, yes, it's it's. And Juan Soto's weird. hot right now, so you can't sit him. No. Yes. Hey, game time. Get after it. FT Live's the promo code. If you hit the app. Number one, it's easy to find and buy tickets for any kind of event that's in your area. You get images of seat views. You get the 360 view. If you click in, you've got the hot deals. You've got the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. That's why we're friends. We truly believe in what's going on there. We've all got the app. We're involved. You don't have to worry about planning because I'm actually terrible with this nowadays. I can't put a calendar together. So I just go, oh, shit. I can hit a game on a Friday night and I fly into this two taps and you're set. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's that easy. They're sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through email. This is just the modern way to buy tickets. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account, use code FT live 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply. Again, just you create the account. You go to the account section. It says redeem code FT live, 20 bucks off. 
be part of the fam. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's hit slap hands because we got something fun to do. Back to our guy. It's been a little bit. JS nine innings. Gonna run by and throw some questions at you. So get prepared. Oh, he's not in his door. I know. He's not in his <laughs> door. Wait, wait Joel's done. And he's got a beer. Let's go. I got it. I brought it back. Nice. <laughs> How are you guys? Are you at mom and dad's house? Yeah. Is that your is that a graduation picture of you behind you back there over your shoulder? No, nah, this I have a lot of uh I have a lot of uh baseball items be, uh, behind me. My dad and I like to collect a lot of like cards, uh just baseballs in general. Uh we have a bunch of uh, bobbleheads and all that, so it's pretty cool, yeah. All right. Let's rip some questions cuz we're over time. So give him one or two and then he's got quick hitters that are just like yes, no or pick a player. Go ahead. Run. What's it. your favorite baseball item you've saved or collected from your playing days? Crouch, go ahead. My World Series ring. <laughs> yeah. That'll play. It's hard to beat that one. Can't, can't top that. <laughs> Isn't that for you too then? Yeah, I was going to say that or the the mask we have in front of me. That's from Ooh, Phil Humber's perfect cool. game. Mm. But more, not more than your World Series. No, World Series is That's number one. Of course. I have a, I have a painted two. picture. Josh Hader and his wife painted a big, like, five-foot picture of me and him after we won the uh, NLDS. It's me, like, holding him as he jumped into my arms, like a movie oh, style. I've seen that picture. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen that. That needs to go up on, on Twitter again, please. I'll show that, John. Okay. Well, but, but, but I do have a question for you, Kratz. As, as Gordon Beckham has a picture in his house of him and I running into each other when he was a rookie in the Metrodome, and I think he fell down. And his grandma got it painted, so he has to put it up in his house because his grandma got it for him. <laughs> of him down? Yes, to be standing over him, like, looking like, hey, you little fellow, what are you doing down there trying to catch the pop-up? That's great. He probably puts Congrats, it in, like, the that, bathroom or the laundry room. Is that your profile picture on uh, Twitter? No, that's uh, me holding Mike Moustakis after we oh. won the wild card game in 2014. It was a yeah, bet with, with Moose. Yeah, it was a bet with Moose that he wouldn't do it. And Anyway. Gotcha, gotcha. JS, let, let's do quick hitters because you got to – give me your three best for these guys. Pop quiz. All right, so Kershaw's prime or DeGrom's prime? Kershaw. Kershaw. Okay, good. Uh, Pedro Martinez, Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, or Randy Johnson? Who do I want to hit off of or who do, who, who's the best? Who's the best out of all of them? Randy Johnson. I was going to say Pedro. I faced I faced all four of those guys, and Pedro I didn't was, face any of them. Oh. Craig Maddox, I was like, couldn't get, wait to get to the bat rack. Really? <laughs> oh, he threw strikes. Yeah, I could hit him. <laughs> and then uh, Fenway or Wrigley? Fenway. Depends. Depends on what oh, we're, depends on what we're looking for. You're hitting a sore spot oh. here for AJ. Uh, old just... old Wrigley before they redid it. And put those scoreboards in the outfield was awesome. New Fenway though is better than new Wrigley. So old old Wrigley, new Fenway. Gotcha. I love Wrigley. See, this is Kratz, see see Kratz didn't play in some of like I played in Tiger Stadium, County Stadium. 
some of the old, old King Dome. Metrodome? Metro, oh, yeah, Metrodome. Lots of games. But mm -hmm. old Wrigley was awesome before they put the big scoreboards and you could see everything. And then Fenway played there before they put the monster seats in and done all the renovations. And the new one is way better than obviously the old one, but of course. But the old Wrigley was better than the new Wrigley for me. I played yeah, that's I played Yankee an Stadium, old Wrigley, but nothing nothing compares to Fenway. I played an old Wrigley. I felt like nothing compares to Fenway. Yankee Stadium changed. Old in terms Yankee of the Stadium game was experience. incredible. Old, old Yankee Stadium was a feeling. Oh, you was, walked into that place, especially whoa, in the playoffs. Boy. You walked in there and you were like, "Oh boy, whoa, yeah, uh, that that." That feeling, it's different. You go to the ballpark now. I know what they had to do to change it, but it's yeah, it was special back then. Okay, so JS, you could stay on for this. Um, Josh, I have one slap hands that I wanted to run through. Zach Gallen yesterday yes. did his best Randy Johnson <laughs> impression, and oh. here it is. Oh, we have it in slow motion. Perfect. Watch the ball. Watch the ball. That's a bird. <laughs> is the bird okay? No, I dead. Yeah. yeah, of course it happened in Oakland too. That, that's yeah. that's not a. Of course that was in Oakland. Too. Yeah, of course it was in Oakland. Oakland. <laughs> yeah, well, because Oakland Oakland has more animals in the ballpark than humans at this the point. People. They're they're literally purposely doing everything they can <laughs> to get you to not go. Do you think Fisher had that bird and he was controlling it and say, "Get in front of the ball," so Pedo yelled at us. A a anything he can do. So and then he can call. See, like. They're killing animals in, in the ballpark <laughs> now. Like anything that they can come up with. Like it is, everyone says it. It's major league in real life. Oh, man. It's wild right oh, now. Man. All right. I want to plug a couple things before we jump. Obviously, we're going to be in AC tomorrow. Can't wait at the Borgata Atlantic City for the international audience that's in uh, South Jersey. But want to show our Legends Territory hit. And then um, Andrew Jones is on this week. Uh, it's up on YouTube podcast. He promoted it this morning. AJ and I had a cool conversation with him. And I'll just say this. I would hit a subscribe on on that on YouTube and or podcast because there, there are some episodes coming up that if you don't see them pop up for yourself, like as a notification, you will see them in the news. Fair? True. Some There are some quotable moments from guests coming up. That's yeah. all I'll say. That have been, There are interviews that have, have just been done that are going to be released very soon. Stay tuned. Just saying. And then lastly, I just wanted to put this up there too, if anyone missed it. We are doing Giveaway City. We have one being announced tomorrow, but for today still, this was announced yesterday. AJ Pruszynski, Lance Lynn, signatures on an authenticated first pitch of the season baseball. You got to follow FT on YouTube, which obviously you're doing if you're watching the show at the moment, but for the later audience podcast, the whole deal. So if you want to win a signed baseball from AJ and Lance, it's AJ's first pitch. They call it the clank ball. AJ's holding it right now. It's got the shiny authentication sticker on there. So um, you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel and then show us proof, throw it in the reply to the tweet, and then we'll pick a winner next week. Big giveaway tomorrow. I'll give you one hint. He homered in the Angels-Orioles game, and he signed something for us. Ooh. We'll talk about it, okay? Mike Trout? Adley? I'm not telling. Mm. I'm not Jeff telling. Mike Trout signed my There's chest protector here. I'm not, I'm not giving that away. A lot of candidates. Kratats, while the music's playing, what do you got today? We got way back. Back to American Legion. Did you have American Legion? This is my American Legion hat. I found it at the wow. bottom of my hat, wow. bag of hats. The Southerton Warriors. 
Warriors. Wow. I, it should, they should have done the, the alliteration with the S. Like serpent. Dude, scorpion, back when Heat Crash was in American Legion, they couldn't they could barely get the S on the cap. I think they were doing alliteration. <laughs> yeah. This was my first fitted hat ever. Like this See? was boss hat. Those are the Great Britain jersey guys. So hey, Josh, <laughs> great to see you again. We'll see everyone Josh. in Atlantic City tomorrow. Keep Looking growing it. that beard. Looking <laughs> strong. I like it. it looks Thank great. You. Thank you guys. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price, and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB.